In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Like many of you, I'm sure this week, I have been upset by the news from Maui in Hawaii, the devastating fires that have destroyed the town of Lahaina. It's the kind of horror that I think our brains can't really process from such a distance. Even seeing pictures of the total destruction, I find myself not being able to imagine what it must have been like to have been there, to have witnessed it, to have lived through a wall of fire descending. My heart aches for this place and for the people who, for whom this is home. When anything like this happens, something terrible and destructive, I think our first thoughts are to wonder, how did God let this happen? Or why did God let this happen? Or where is God? Is there a God? I think this is a pretty common human instinct to question either the existence of God or the intent of God in the face of tragedy. I saw a story last week that tried to attempt to answer this impulse. The article had a video of a certain block in the town in Maui, and the video panned over a totally burnt down stretch of street and then swooped around to the other side of the street where a church stood gleaming and whole in the foreground, untouched by the fire. The person taking the video says, God is really with us. Look at what he has saved. Not one brick of the church is touched by the fire. And here is where I get a little lost. What kind of an all-powerful God acting within the destructive wildfires on this island would allow homes and people to be destroyed but save a building just because that building is a church? How could this be any person's theology, any person's understanding of how God works in the world? Is this a God to worship, to love, to follow? This is kind of like a person who tries to comfort someone who is grieving by saying, this is all part of God's plan, or God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. It may be a well-intentioned sentiment, but what it actually says about who God is is not so comforting. Perhaps you are feeling a same sort of wondering after hearing today's gospel story. It is a tricky one. Jesus and his disciples are in a foreign land. Matthew tells us it's Tyre and Sidon. This is a land filled with people not like them, people who are not Jewish. A Canaanite woman comes near and is making a loud scene. She's yelling. It's important to note that the description Canaanite is an anachronism here, putting her in a historical context opposite the Israelites from Hebrew scripture. She is shouting, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. 
And calling Jesus the son of David further underlines her outsider status in relation to Jesus and the disciples, casting Jesus as an Israelite against her Canaanite. And now this is where it gets interesting because what might we expect Jesus to do to heal her daughter? He doesn't do it. Instead, Jesus ignores the woman. Like many women in scripture, however, she persists. This is for her daughter. She is not embarrassed to make her voice heard, to yell. She keeps shouting until the disciples ask Jesus to please send her away for being such a nuisance. This gets Jesus' attention finally. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, Jesus feels that because this woman is not Jewish, she is not his problem. And still the woman is undeterred. She falls to her knees and says, Lord, help me. Here you might again think Jesus is going to heal this girl. This is Jesus after all, that's what he does. But he doesn't. Instead, he says, it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. What is Jesus saying here? Is Jesus calling this woman a dog? Is it as rude as it sounds to us today? Like the video from Maui, like any other unjust or unexplainable things we witness in life, wondering where is God in this, I find myself wondering, is this a God to worship, to love, to follow? A God who is bothered by a loud woman begging for help just because she is an outsider? So what is going on here? Why is Jesus behaving like this, being rude to a woman who is only trying to save her child? Is Jesus tired? Is he overworked? Is he sick of people asking him to do everything for everybody else? Does he really think his only job is to work for his own people, for the children of Israel? Or perhaps he is testing this woman back, making her prove that she really wants her daughter to be healed. Turning Jesus' slur right back at him, the man who has insulted her, she replies, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. What an amazing response because who can understand crumbs better than Jesus, who has just turned five loaves and two fish into so much food that there are leftover baskets of crumbs? This is the same Jesus who eats with tax collectors and prostitutes. He's the rabbi who breaks bread with sinners. His disciples are the ones who earn the Pharisees' contempt for eating with unwashed hands. It is through food and eating that Jesus has thus far shown the people who God is. And so that she uses food to call Jesus out is beautiful. She says, what about me? 
Am I not welcome at your table? And Jesus says, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter is healed instantly. Jesus identifies her strength, persistence, and defiance as faith. We know that Jesus often used parables to teach lessons. He often told confusing little stories to get across his points. One such parable told in the Gospel of Luke is about a persistent widow who keeps bothering a judge until the judge gives her what she is due. Because she is so bothersome, the judge says, I'll grant you what you wish. Won't God do the same, is what Jesus asks in that parable. The tricky part about that parable is that it's easy to read the judge as God and the woman as us, always asking for what we need, painting a picture of a God who is annoyed by us, a God who doesn't really care about us. But the story cracks open when we see instead the woman as God. God as a persistent force working in our life on our behalf against injustice. This story in Matthew about the Canaanite woman is not a parable. It really happened just like this, the scripture tells us. Jesus embodies a parable here. Jesus shows us through action that God's power is through relationship. God is with us in our persistence in the face of grief, sorrow, and doubt. God listens to us. What does it mean to be a faithful Christian? Does it mean obedience and constant rosy optimism? Does it mean superficial niceness and constant cheeriness? Does it mean seeing yourself as a Christian means that you are better than the rest? Does it mean looking for God to act on behalf of only one side or the other? No, rather, as we see here, it means standing up for what you know is right, advocating for healing, and always reaching out to God even when God feels far away, even when God feels unknowable. To be faithful then is both to be like this Canaanite woman, to have strength in the face of obstacles and misguided authority, in the face of disasters that change lives forever. But to be faithful also is to be like Jesus, able to hear good news from people different from ourselves, willing to listen to the urgent needs of others and have the humility to know when we are the ones standing in the way. And so when tragedies strike, whether large-scale ones caused by climate crisis or war or famine, large-scale tragedies that feel maybe far away to us, or smaller-scale sorrows that affect us personally, immediately, 
we look for what God has saved in us, what God has revealed about who we are and how we can be in better relationship with others in the world. I invite you to embrace your holy questioning about God's presence in the midst of your own life as an act of faith that will bring you closer to God and God's desire for the world. Amen.